Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Should we have a drink to start this? Do you do you literally want a, a drink? I mean, I thought it'd be fun. A little, hey, let's have a drink. New season. Yeah, pour something in there. In here? Yeah, why not? If that's a, I have no idea what that is. Reposado. Oh, there you go. It's some tequila. Uh, we're not filming yet, right? I mean, I am. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> we, we start right now, like. Yes, start. Let's start. Yeah, for love of God. This says we're pivot. You understand just how we living. This for me is like rap religion. Open on because we got this guy. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it high. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, pivot? Here we are, season two, for the love of God. I never even, that that went by so quickly because uh, it was just all so fun. It's just, I love. And you I, did 25. 25 episodes, and it was just, I, I, I loved every second of it. And um, What's the scoop? Where you been? Uh, I uh, have been filming my dream project. Uh been trying to get this movie made, as you know, for a decade and um, for a full decade, really. I know yeah, it was that long. Yeah, and um, you know, whenever I would pitch this movie, um, I would be halfway through the pitch, and they would literally roll their eyes and <laughs> ask for a check, and every time. And so it's been this. Are you allowed to reveal a little bit of what the movie's about? No, I, I don't, I don't want to reveal too much. I mean, uh, let me let me get to the let me get to the yep. good stuff because. Um, I will reveal more and more and more, um, because we're in post-production and, you know, it's one of, one of these things where I just don't want to get in the way of anything. We've, we've yeah. worked so incredibly hard and I just <laughs> would rather not screw anything up. Uh, and I, I, I started to kind of, it was all consuming and I, I attempted to do podcasts while I was there. And the reality is. And you were in there as Slovakia, right? I, I was, Do they even have internet that's above like 2G in Slovakia? It's 1.6G. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, the G is silent like lasagna <laughs> apparently there. I don't know. Um, listen, man, there was a lot of borscht soup and crying. <laughs> and uh, my sister directed it. And there's so much to unpack. But I, but I was on set and I was doing my own stunts because I'm Tom Cruise. And I'm not even <laughs> Tom Hart. stunts. Let's take that again because I was I was rolling towards something very interesting. You, I, I, you, you, you never step on punchlines. I'm sorry. Until I that moment. Sorry, good. Sorry, good. Sorry, good. I was doing my own stunts because apparently I'm Tom Cruise, and uh, I'm not even Tom Arnold. That's the unfortunate <laughs> truth of the matter. See what happens yeah. when you take a fucking break and you let me drive through the end of my goddamn sentence? Um, yeah, man, I uh, I broke eight ribs. I broke eight wow. eight ribs, three through ten on my left side, and um, uh, 
that's you know the reason why I've been so MIA. Yeah. And um, it was the most fascinating process because when when you break that many ribs, you know it, you feel it, you hear it. Oh, you heard oh, it. Oh, you heard it. You know that sound when you're done with a with a plastic bottle and you kind of like <laughs> it was that. I mean, it was it oh was no God. joke. So everyone that said heard it too. Yeah. Um, it like, maybe it was just louder in my own brain than everywhere else. and just yeah. That's awful. Eight ribs. Now, can I ask what the stunt was? Is it something that like is it is that like secret what the stunt is, or can we hint towards the type of stunt that you were doing? Um, I am going to. There we go. Um, look, man, this the, this piece that we were doing uh, is really, really heavy and beautiful, and um, we were we were listen. We were messing with some interesting forces, some 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 you know some part of all of our history, and um, I was fully committing, and uh, uh, I landed on my fist. And it that that when you Ooh. land on your side on your fist, that's when it when it and it it, it broke immediately. I went to the oldest hospital in, in Bratislava, which is kind of like an insane asylum yeah. with um, less help. Yeah, uh, so you know, Guillermo del Toro movie. You know, you walk into it, but not even because they sent me home and said you're fine. And I was like, I'm not fine. And um, I said, listen, I gotta, I gotta get to. I they gotta, took an X-ray and they just said you're fine. They took an X-ray, but I think an X-ray was like maybe like their cousin doing like a, <laughs> a, a sketch of me, a sketch of what he saw or something, because it wasn't. I went to Vienna, and there, and I did an MRI, because, um, I had to, I had to know what was was going on, and um, I, as soon as I, I walked in. I got the an X-ray before the MRI, and I was on set and in the scene. Uh, I'm being beaten up by Nazis, and uh, I went to the hospital, and they're all speaking German. And she said, "Oh, could you want please lift your hands up like this?" And I was like, "Well, I broke my ah!" And she put me right up against the thing. Oh, dear, don't, 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 a little bit. Like the sounds that are coming out are just otherworldly <laughs> because every time you take a breath, your your fractured ribs are puncturing your lungs. Yeah. So it's a very unique and special type of pain. And so I felt like I was still in the movie because it was You're like being beaten by Germans. Yeah. Correct. It just never ended. <laughs> and um, listen, man, uh, it was just gave me. Without sounding too dramatic, it gave me a, a really beautiful perspective on life. We're, you know, our ribs encase our lungs, yeah. and we're incredibly fragile. And I would do anything to make this movie great. Um, and I just wasn't fully thinking about how vulnerable you are, and I'll just do anything for the shot. And it's just a lesson learned. But I just have a newfound respect for health and and a lot of different things that I'll reveal and. And you know, uh, it was just an. It, it, I'm grateful for this experience. Yeah. So when the accident happened, do you look at it like, oh, this is totally my fault? I was hard charging. I, I didn't uh, stop myself when I should have. Or was there other things at play? Was there like no? It's slippery? my fault. A thousand yeah. percent my fault. Yeah. It's all on me. Um, your ego is a very. <laughs> 
powerful and destructive and beautiful and and thing. And I needed to put it aside and let a guy that was much more capable uh, than me do, do those stunts. And then I'll come in and, and um, do everything that I can. Yeah. Um, not, and there's no need for me to do everything. So it's just a great lesson learned. I'm back. I'm healing. Um, and I, you know, it's 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 time for me to be just a good patient, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And uh, and I'm back, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Why do you think it is, by the way, that actors want to do their own stunts? What what is it? Because I've been in situations too where I'm like, I want to do it, and it makes no sense because stunt doubles are great. They can do it. They don't get hurt. They're superhuman. So you had an opportunity to stunt double and you did it. Was it just because you wanted like the integrity of the whole performance that was yours? Did it feel like you're cheating somehow? Um, no, it's the exact opposite. I don't want it to ever look like we're cheating so yeah. that when my character's going through something, I want you to see it on my face and yeah. what what I'm going through. And I want to tell the story on the highest level possible. And I want everything to be real um, and to a fault. And so, you know, there are just different ways to do it. And so it's just a a great lesson learned for me. Yeah. And and that's that's all you can do. Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J-Piven will be right back after we pay some bills. When you think of champagne, you automatically think of that classic tall flute to pour it in, right? But what you didn't know is the flute is not the best way to drink champagne. Now, most world-class sommeliers actually prefer the tulip glass. It's very close to the common white wine glass because it allows the bubbles to fully develop and release the aromas. It's mind-blowing, right? Well, I bet you never heard of Blida, which is basically an oversized shot glass used by the traditional winemakers of the Champagne region. Who knew? I didn't know. Well, just as you probably never considered a wine glass or Blida for Champagne, I bet you've also never heard of EPC Champagne. Now, EPC Champagne, this is the young French brand that is dusting off the aging image of Champagne and promoting ethics and sustainability over profits and quality over quantity. Finally, EPC is the fastest growing brand in Paris and is winning taste tests all over every competition across the globe. EPC not only offers innovative and contemporary drinking experience, it offers champagnes with complete transparency of production, something that is very rare with any champagne brand. EPC also understands the importance of health and responsible drinking, which is why all of their wines have low sugar content. It's lower than any of the other brands. And by the way, I just want to add that the lower the sugar, the lower the hangover. They're not claiming that, but I know that personally because I do a great deal of drinking. And I, anyway, I digress. They even have an award-winning sugar-free Blanc de Blanc. That's amazing. And don't miss out on their brand new rosé from Province. A rose bottle is absolutely beautiful and makes the perfect gift for any event. EPC will be available in the U.S. for the first time ever this year. But EPC will be available in the U.S. for the first time ever this year, you guys. But for the U.S. Pre-launch, EPC offers to discover its wines before anyone else. Just follow EPC Champagne on Instagram, and you could win their full range of champagnes and their brand new rosé. Just follow EPC Champagne, and you could be the proud owner of these prestigious wines before anyone else. How cool is that? 
You can't lose. All you guys have to do, follow EPC Champagne on Instagram to enter. Let's get after it. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You know, we have a, a lot of great people coming up. I just did a massive, the longest podcast yet with Kevin Connolly, who plays E on Entourage. Mm-hmm. And that was really kind of, it was just, it was just really cool. To, to, he, he revealed some stuff that like, uh, I, I wasn't expecting, you know, that he, that, that he was talking about it, certain anxieties that he's had. And, mm-hmm. and, um, it was just really, he was just kind of open and it was just really, it was really cool. It's yeah. one of the many things I love about this for whatever reason, people sit in that chair and they feel really comfortable and they open up and I love it. And you've known him for that long. You had no idea that he had some form of social anxiety at all. You, you know what? I knew there was something going on that I couldn't quite put my finger on. I thought he just didn't like me, <laughs> you know, but apparently, you know, he's, you know, he was, he was very honest about it. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was really, that was really kind of cool. And, you know, a lot of stuff that people don't know about him, like, you know, what's so crazy is that there's almost, there are very few people, um, more qualified than him to play that character. His best friend growing yeah. up was DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire, and they all it's lived crazy. in the same house together. So he comes from one of the kind of original old school actor entourages. And for me, I kind of knew that. And it's one of the many things that really helped me in playing that character is I could look at that guy and like, he's kind of the prototype for E. Yeah. You know, um, and he has lived it. And so, um, so we, we, we unpacked a, a, a little bit, of, a lot about that, which, you know, you want to be respectful, yeah. you know, of that whole relationship. And, and yet it was cool just to kind of get into that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what were your favorite moments from the last season? Do you have some things that either really surprised you or you look back and like, man, I'll never forget this one interview or this one person? There, there was there was so much. Um, again, having people like Mark Cuban feel so comfortable with me where I can say to him, you know, uh, you know, people think that I'm a douchebag and I, I played one on TV, but you're an actual douchebag. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm a good one, baby. He and loved it. <laughs> he just he just loved it. And um, uh, he's he, he he felt so comfortable to just, you know, be himself. And I it, there's kind of a there's something very powerful about someone just owning who they are without any fear, especially in these times Mm -hmm. when everyone's operating out of fear. Absolutely. And there's a lot of bad decisions that are made when you operate out of fear, obviously. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of bad decisions being made right now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so a lot of people, you know, Jamie Foxx, who, who is, is very similar, um, who just, they just are exactly who they are and, you know, yeah. they're not going to apologize. 
and they're just fascinating people. And so, um, you know, sitting with Tiffany Haddish and, and having her talk about her experience with her mother and, and, and being, you know, abused and, and, and putting that on stage. And, you know, I was just so honored that she felt comfortable enough to tell her story. People can learn from it. Oscar De La Hoya being taken advantage of and abused yeah, and sexually from the time he was young. Like, you know, I, I don't feel qualified to, to have, you know, someone like that come to me for advice. And at the same time, I have so much empathy for him. And, and it was just an honor to be able to, to tell him my perspective, which is that, you know, these things aren't his fault. Yeah. And he's worked so hard his whole life and he has to give himself a break and, and, and surrender and let go of all that, you know, and I'm not qualified to have that conversation, but I Two meant people it. people are, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, so the, these things were, and, and, and to be on the road, as you know, doing comedy, cause we do it together and have people, you know, watch these episodes in real time is just incredible to me. Yeah. And, and, uh. It's an honor. Do you have like, do you feel a big difference between when you have someone here in the seat across from you and Zoom? Like, what would you say the major, is it just like the, the, the personal connection? I feel like people probably won't be as vulnerable over Zoom, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe more so. Being in the room is much better, obviously. Yeah. And you can, you can, um, every time someone's been here, I just feel like I'm always continuously completely blown away. Um, how they um, end up opening up. Uh, so that's just been fascinating. But that being said, you know, um, I'm, uh, it's it's so interesting because I I've, I've been picking people who I I have this connection with, and I can't even describe it. Even just Jorge Masvidal, the okay. Cuban Jesus, you know, he just. <laughs> Uh, it, it went exactly as I thought and hoped it would in terms of like he and I just completely got along. Listen, what's interesting is right now we're being divided because of politics yeah. and many other things. And I think there is a world where even if you don't agree with someone's politics, you can take that out of the equation and relate to them on a different level other than that. For sure, yeah. Um, and that being said, one thing that we're not doing right now is we're not open to changing our mind. When's the last time you changed your mind about something? Or someone, yeah. Almost never, yeah. You have to be. You have to be. And both sides are dug in and you know did such extremist behavior no it's not making any sense yeah and then trying to convince someone of your point of view it's like why no one's ever going to be like ah oh, good good point yeah maybe we are overemphasizing vaccines no that conversation will never happen with anything but if you're if you're open to the truth um, and if you're not shutting someone off because of your preconceived notion of their party affiliation or whatever, if you're just sitting there and going, okay, if you've got some truth, I want to hear it. That's the only way to be right now. And I, and I, I'm excited about this season because I want to, you know, one of the things that's fascinating to me, listen, I had a moment with Malcolm McDowell and, you know, we, uh, 
it, it felt very real and confrontational. And um, uh, it was important that I confronted him. Sure. Uh, because I had a lot to unpack with him. And for whatever reason, we were meant to like... I guess work together in this movie, The Walk, and 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 I, I I just thought get him on this podcast and and let's let's have it out face to face, and that's one thing that I that I I am I'm very curious about. Like it's one thing to talk to like minded people, you know, and have these podcasts, and it's great. But also, why not mix it up with someone who you don't agree yeah. with, and just have these uncomfortable moments together. Um, cause I think that's kind of fascinating as it well. It is fascinating for people listening. They want, they want to see that and hear that. Are there people that you kind of bucket listy for 2022 that you're like, man, I would love to have this person. It might not happen, but this would be an amazing podcast. Just off the top of your head, like some people that you might think like, oh, I would love to have this person. It might go horribly wrong, but someone like that, you know, there's so many people. Yeah. Um, the, you know, people from Russell Brandt, who is, it's so interesting because we can all be so misunderstood. And he's a guy who is very male. And uh, I, I think he's incredibly insightful and very funny. And has made it very clear that he was an addict and he's taken all that energy and he's put it towards spirituality mm-hmm. and he's just ferocious about his his journey to yeah. to kind of find the truth and um and he's really sharp and funny and and all of these different things and there's a lot of dualities going on with the guy and yeah. and um I think people have had the wrong uh opinion about him and I feel like we're in some way I understand that. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've been misunderstood for a very long time. Um, I'd love to mix it up with him. While I was filming in London, we would I would see him at charity events or whatever, and um we always had great chemistry. Um and so someone like that. And then, you know, there are people that um just so many people that that uh I think we would, you know, we we don't share the same politics or background or whatever. And I just would love to mix it up with them. And then, you know, you, Tom Brady would be amazing because what people don't know about Tom Brady, it's so interesting to me because why is it that his offensive line seems to work harder for Mm -hmm. him than anyone else? Suddenly he goes to Tampa Bay and he makes them look incredible. And I think yeah. he's one of these guys who knows there are a lot of variables that no one talks about with him. He knows how to make people feel incredibly special. Like when he would, he was, you know, came and did Entourage a couple times and he's someone who looks you in the eyes and he remembers everyone's name and he's a decent person. He works his ass off. Yeah. And why people aren't trying to mimic his, um, just the way that he navigates that and also what he does in the off season. Uh, he's, he's using oxygenated everything in his life. His yeah. water is oxygenated. Yeah. He's 45 years old. He's the most elite quarterback in the NFL. What in God's name is happening? Yeah. Why aren't people studying his DNA? Yeah. For the love of God. So that would be an amazing conversation uh-huh. for sure. That would be kind of cool. Do, do you find that, uh, 
athletes offer a different perspective than than actors do that's sort of like just unique to athletes like do you because i feel like actors maybe to be an actor you just have to be in front of a camera but to be an actor but to be an athlete you have to be incredibly elite you know what i mean so some actors can kind of like luck into it you know what i mean and they could be celebrities out of weird circumstances but an actor you really just have to 1000 percent earn it right do you feel that at all um i talking my man <laughs> no i i mean listen i've never been one of those guys who i i never was um chosen because of my look i don't have a look i don't look any one particular age i'm not in any category i'm in between everything yeah is he old is he young is he handsome is he ugly what the <laughs> fuck is this guy is he italian is he jewish well, yeah what the what the fuck is he funny is he dramatic um so i i've never um i've never had that easy route where um it's like yeah i just you know, you, uh, you're, you're the type we were looking for. Um, I, in fact, one time auditioned for something and didn't get the role and it said Jeremy Piven type. I swear to God, <laughs> I, and I didn't it. get it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it because I wasn't enough like myself. Yeah. Um, so that's a, it, it, to, to address that question. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think what's fascinating is we're living in times where it used to be you know, um, this is a slippery slope I'm getting towards right now. It used to be more like athletics in terms of it used to be more about what you can tr contribute mm -hmm. and can you really come in and crush it and, oh, yeah, they're great. Let's bring them back. And now a lot of it is about how you make people feel. Mm. And, um, oh, yeah, man, he's... He's great to be. We got to bring him back. How how was he? I I don't remember the performance, but he was just <laughs> he was adorable. He was adorable to be around. He's so fun. I love him. Yeah. And I'm talking about The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jake Paul? You could bring him on. The Paul brothers. You know, um that would be fascinating. Because people don't realize their hustle. Mm -hmm. Because say what you will about them, but that took a certain amount of hustle. Mm -hmm. And also, the reality is, um, you know, people are all doubting them, and, and you know, especially Jake with with boxing. But the reality is, if you're a young, strong kid, Midwest kid, yeah, with a background in wrestling, and um, you're athletic and you have the best trainers money can buy, which is a huge variable and you throw yourself into it. Um, and you know, you take on these legitimate athletes who don't necessarily have a background in boxing. Mixed martial arts, as you know, is incredibly difficult, but you've got to have a background in jujitsu and then there's kickboxing and judo and all these other mm -hmm. variables. And so you're not working purely striking. Yeah. So he's had five years of purely, purely striking. striking. Exactly. So it's, it's very interesting and smart what they've done. And, um, you know, they're, uh, they, they have a huge audience and you know, they're, it's just fascinating. They're, they're disrupting the whole situation, which is always great. Disrupting is always great. It's, you know, it's become, a. uh, a bit of a circus and it will be very interesting even for him to fight someone like Tommy Fury, you know, who yep. doesn't have a background 
in boxing, that's going to be kind of fascinating. Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J-Piven will be right back after we pay some bills. So, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I, I smoke cigars all the time and, and everyone, if they're in a picture or whatever, someone says, hey, man, where'd you get those? And, uh, you know, I tell them and, you know, what my favorite cigars are. And then I just thought, you know what? I because I'm very particular about my cigars. What is the best way to find a cigar that is really right for me that I love that has everything that I want? I really I want to I want an easy draw. There's some cigars and I won't name any names. Cohiba um, that are rolled. They're the best in the world, but they're rolled really tightly and it's it's hard to pull off them. And so I want like a really easy draw. I want that rich layered flavor. Listen, I went to the, the good people at Illusione. Dion over there is the man. He's a master blender and um, he worked with me and he's patient and I'm a little bitch. I kept saying, listen, man, I want, you know what I mean? A little more of the coffee flavor. You know what I'm saying? Can we get some layers here An easier draw, whatever? And here we are, the J-Piv Robusto. I, I've, I never thought it would happen. I'm living the dream. Listen, luxurycigarclub.com is where you can order them. Uh, Illusioni makes them. They make them for me. It was a collaboration. I'm going to smoke one right now. If you guys send your review of the JPIV Robusto, I will send you a free stick and we shall raise one up together. I, I It's the least I can do. You guys send me a review and let me know what you guys think. I really want to know. And the great thing about the internet is they're brutal. So I'm going to get it, you know, hey, be careful what you wish for. I look forward to it. I, I believe in these. Jay Piver Busto. Thanks, you guys. Did you guys know that EPC Champagne is rated in the top 1% of wines in the world on Vivino, the Vivino app, okay? Comparatively, let me give you a little perspective. The rest of the French Champagnes, with similar ratings are listed for hundreds of dollars compared to EPC, which costs merely a fraction of that amount. You can do the math on that. Great champagne for a fraction of the cost. Count me in. Here's something else I think is really cool. EPC offers customized bottle etchings so you can put on your own logo. I'm going to put a little JPIV on there or how you live in JPIV. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to start drinking. That's another problem that we don't have enough time for right now. Here's the deal. <laughs> Just imagine how cool you could feel popping your own personalized bottle this summer at the pool, your beach party with your friends, your birthday party, whatever. Giving that special little someone the perfect gift on the perfect day. Just a little day drinking. I'll see you there. EPC will be available in the U.S. for the first time ever, you guys. But the U.S. pre-launch EPC offers you to discover its wines before anyone else. Just follow EPC Champagne on Instagram and you could win their full range of champagnes and their brand new rosé. Just follow EPC Champagne and you could be the proud owner of these prestigious wines before anyone else. How cool is that? You can't lose. All you guys have to do, follow EPC Champagne on Instagram to enter. Let's get after it. So after the first season, you're in yeah. season two, you, you've learned the process. Do you have a theme for season two? Something you're like, okay, season two, I want to focus more on this. Or I want the theme to be more about this. Or is it just getting to know these individual people? Or is it kind of like an idea sort of driving the whole season? Well, for me, I, I, I feel like I've been through a lot, to be honest with you, not to be too dramatic. But 
to be kind of brought to your knees physically, um, to be doing your dream project that you put so much time into and then um, have this perspective of how lucky we just are to be here. You know, a lot of times, you know, we have a lot to complain about, but sure. who cares? Yeah. You know, we should just, I mean, we're here and we're lucky to be here. Um, and I mean that, and I own that feeling. I'm just not, it's not a theory. And I'm, um, so just that idea moving through it all, um, I was already loving the process and I'm even more excited to get into it this year. So it's going to be, um, a lot of last year was um, talking to people and uh, stand-up comics and getting their insight and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and I'm very much on that path. But I think it's going to be every walk of life right now. Yeah, um, we obviously are going to be doing a bunch of entourage stuff. I got Perry Reeves who played Mrs. Ari coming up, and Rex Lee. Um, is going to be coming back for more. That's who's an absolute fan favorite. Um, Rex comes into my life in the most surreal ways. <laughs> he just always pops up. I can't, I went, um, I have, you know, the space where I've just been keeping all my stuff and I went into the storage space and I literally was just pulling out this, at this moment, this old entourage poster. And at that moment, he appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> From the storage shed, like you know. I swear to you, it was the most surreal thing. I was like, "Oh, look at this, hi Rex," and he was like, "What are you doing?" And he just—can you imagine Rex coming around a corner and I'm just staring at a picture of myself? I did not trash poster. He yeah. must have thought I was on mushrooms, and you know yeah. what I mean, like what the fuck? And there he was, and um, and that's when I was like, "Man, we got got to get you on the podcast." So yeah, that was great. absolutely perfect. Our friend Scott Kahn has threatened to come on it, <laughs> which will be amazing. Yeah, that'd be he's, great. He's, he's the best. Yeah, he's a fascinating character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a, a little bit of everything coming up. You know, it's funny. You said a wish list. I did this movie that comes up every Christmas called The Family Man with Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. And um, Nick is one of these people that I think people are fascinated by. 100%. You know what I mean? And he's one of these guys who is is authentically eccentric yeah you know what i mean that's that's not he's not putting it on um and you can never count that guy out and i had the most incredible experience working with him on family man and it's also mo the most unprofessional i've, I've ever been in my life <laughs> um <laughs> let me uh let me reveal what happened um He's one of the funniest people I've ever been around. And um, he was making me laugh so hard and I somehow couldn't recover. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's ever happened to you where like, I couldn't recover. And he- Doing your lines, you just kept laughing, you kept corpsing? Well, there's something, you know, that there's that great quote about how do you play comedy? You played a little more serious yeah. than the serious stuff and it makes it even more funny. He lives in that space. Yeah. He's more serious than serious has ever been. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's staring at me and he just said the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. And they yell action. And I'm just, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it together. And he had to punch me in the face. He ultimately, and it's all, it's all there. If anyone looks, you know, the DVD extras or whatever. 
And I, I, I've just never, I've never gone there before, but it was, it was amazing. And I'd love to, I'd love to have him on and just kind of oh, get yeah. into that. Do you remember any of the stuff that he would say specifically? That would he goes, like, dude, whatever happened to Patrick Swayze? <laughs> and just we're about to roll, and I was like, what? What did you think? He goes, dude, and and this is this is when Patrick was very much alive. Yeah. And uh, I said, I don't know, Patrick Swayze. What happened to Patrick? I don't know. Maybe he like, you know, had a was nibbling on a power bar and kind of choked on it and he goes dude i have like five power bars a day <laughs> fuck and he just starts like getting lost and like i just see him just and they yell action and it was just and i had to like it was a moment where um he just starts reaching for this little bell because don Cheadle was kind of the you know the clarence and homage to clarence and it's a wonderful life and it's yeah, this yeah. angel and it says things get weird when you go back and look at your life just hit your little bell and i'll come and he's looking at me and he's just like oh this little bell what, whatever <laughs> happened to patrick swayze <laughs> you know what i mean it's just it's all full nick cage and i i uh i just had a complete and utter meltdown <laughs> and um he's genius in that movie and everything he does he's he's just authentically eccentric and he's lived an incredible life. Yeah. You know, and I, I wonder if he would be open about that, and it's kind of fascinating. Would it be easy to, to reach out to him? I mean, does, what, does he live in like a a yurt in the mountains? I have no idea how or where that guy would even live. Dude, I live in a castle in, in a New castle. Orleans, It's but it's under the ground. <laughs> That's dude. right. He does live in a castle in New Orleans, I do. Doesn't he? All right, dude. <laughs> um, you know, I, I for whatever reason, uh, can't seem to find him at the moment, but I will find him. Yeah. I will find him. <laughs> Maybe he'll hear this. Um, yeah, there's, you know, and, you know, so many different, uh, you know, movies that I've done where I want to, you know, reconnect with people. and Yeah. PCU, maybe. Um, I, maybe. Yeah, I feel like PCU is sort of, uh, it's bizarrely relevant now. And when we would go on the road, so many people would come up. Of all the things you've done, yeah, they'd be like, I'm a huge fan of PCU, and they'd have their PCU DVD for you to sign. Which, it's always a DVD because, unfortunately, for whatever reason, it's just people can't seem to find it it's out It's not there. streaming? It, it's like kind of not, uh, kind of somehow on Amazon, and everyone's like, where is it? Um, and that would be fun to kind of get that going again, because, yeah, yeah it, it is about, you know, political correctness reaching a point on campuses where it's overwhelming, and it was way ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. And uh, did it with a bunch of brilliant people, John Favreau and and um, David Spade, and it'd be fun to have both of them on it. Yeah, you know, and Favreau had this energy about him where he kind of knew where he was going. Yeah, even before he went there, <laughs> you just kind of got the sense about him. You know, he and um, yeah, it, it, right after that, he 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 made Swingers, and it was off to the races and. You know, he did something that not a lot of people know about, but, you know, he had a vision for Iron Man and it involved Robert Downey Jr. And he was uninsurable at the time. Wait, he was the one who got Robert Downey Jr. to do it. A thousand percent. Wow. And the studio was like, you know, we can't insure this guy. And he's like, this is my guy. And he went to the mat for him. And um, because you have to understand, he, to, he people talk about clarity of intent, like, Favreau knew a thousand percent. You get Downey to play this role, he will absolutely crush it, mm -hmm. and on every level, 
Um, and he's also someone who you can count on to improvise and is incredibly funny and sharp and insightful and edgy and all of these things that Tony Stark needs to be. Um, as I sit here incredibly bitter because I wish I was Tony Stark. What? <laughs> the mushrooms just kicked in. Um, I digress. Um, but yeah, that would be amazing because I, you know, I don't even know if that's capable, possible anymore Yeah, to do what he did with Downey. Um, but, you know, we need more people like that to say, listen, I know, um, you know, this guy's had an interesting journey, um, but everyone um, deserves a chance for redemption. And, um, you know, it's funny, I, I, I work with this one yoga teacher because I'm incredibly sensitive. Don't worry mm -hmm. about I it. I know that. I remember that about you. Very sensitive. You, you remind me about that a lot. So, yeah. Well, I mean, because I am, <laughs> I'm very humble. Yeah. Um, and this yoga teacher works with Downey, and they talk about like his whole life. It, was it pre Iron Man or post Iron Man, and how uh -huh. different, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, God, Downey would be. A, a, and then, so we're just we're doing a wish list right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, I remember re doing something for he and his wife in Chicago at the Film Critics Awards thing, and I went and you know got up and performed for them and uh he actually did a brilliant cameo in this jamie fox movie that jamie if i you know that still has not come out right no but i'm thinking in 30 years when he releases it <laughs> it's gonna be really great timing um imagine jamie fox writing and directing and starring in a movie with myself and robert downey and benicio del toro and you know, and Jerry Butler is the uh, villain, and we're both hunting down um, Steph Curry and LeBron, and we're trying to get to the um, the All Star Weekend. We're fanatics, anyway. Um, Downey did this uh, cameo, and you forget how insanely talented he is because he's you know been in certain lanes and doing them very well but this was like you're not the lead do whatever you want yeah and suddenly he went into this peter sellers mode where <laughs> we were in the trailer and he's putting on a fake nose and he just transforms into this character and um netflix has it and you know uh it would be it'd be amazing to to see have it see the light of day yeah so maybe we can Speaking of things that should come out, yes, it seems like maybe because of COVID and everything else, like people really want the comfort food of nostalgia. Yeah, their shows are being rebooted. Like Dexter just got rebooted for one season on Showtime, and it was the most viewed uh, series ever on Showtime. So it seems like Entourage is poised for something like that. I mean, is there talk about that? What do you What do you know? Or what do you hear? I think that's a harbinger for the fact that there could be an entourage reboot. How 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 serious are the are the flirtations around that that we hear about on the webs, on the interwebs? You know, I, I, I've been eating borscht. In, in, <laughs> you don't even think about it. I'm in. I've been in Slovakia, just <laughs> grinding. So I am so. I wish I could even pretend to know about anything. Yeah, you haven't read the news. But you know what's really funny, even. When we were shooting Entourage, I was the last to know everything. Yeah. And that's just, you know, at first I, you just have to be okay with that. You know, mm. I, it was a lot of, have you heard? No, <laughs> I have not heard. Yeah. You have your own line of jeans. I do. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know. What? Am I getting a cut of, no, I'm not. No. Okay. Yeah. 
No, you know, you will get nothing. Okay, let's keep going. How are my jeans? You know, <laughs> yeah, and it's at a certain point, you just embrace it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be such a fun and volatile time for mm -hmm. a show like that to come back because everyone would be like, oh, no, no, you can't. You can't. Uh, yeah. Ari Gold is. He's, you know, he'd be a man out of time. He'd be way too offensive for this culture. And, you know, and I think watching him try to navigate this, these times would be really fascinating. Yeah. You know, it's a minefield. And uh, to watch him try to kind of stifle yeah. his, you know, very abrasive sense Maybe of humor. An electroshock collar on his neck every time he. There he goes. Sorry. <laughs> Just be, ah! Lloyd! Um, yeah, no, I think I think it'd be. Listen, Dexter is blowing up. People can't get enough of it. People love Sex in the City, and I mean, from what I understand, they're reading rebooting things that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Fa you know, failed pilots. They're just you know using the exact title from. Yeah. Um, no, I think that you know people would love to see that right now. It's just a matter of um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I know that. Um, you know, it's interesting, like people love the Victory Podcast. We've been on the road and, and I've been doing stand-up comedy and love it. And I know a lot of podcasts, they do them live. And I think this would be an amazing podcast to do live Yeah, on many different levels. Mix in some stand-up um, and even, you know, join the Victory guys and have that. I know they've been on the road doing their thing. And... Um, yeah, it would just be really fun. So I, I, I think that all that that type of stuff should definitely happen. Yeah, this live new year. podcasts are more and more happening. You hear about it a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah, people want to show up and and see their people live, do their thing, and because of the stand up, you know, it's a, it'd be a very natural, fantastic transition. Yeah, so you do the stand up and then like kind of like a Q and A sort of thing afterwards with the podcast, ish, maybe. How does it work? Absolutely. I've never seen one before. I don't know. A live po podcast show. But they just get on stage and they get drunk and they answer questions. Isn't that pretty much what it is? No, I just think it's the it's the actual podcast in front of a live audience. Okay. But then you could absolutely do a Q&A, freestyle a comedy set. Like there's so much. Like I, I love the idea of, of doing it live in real time. That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations on Thank you, sir. almost wrapping the performance. And I hope you heal well. And uh, so the first episode of 2022 is going to be what? What's the first one people got to look forward to? Kevin Connolly, who plays E, um, who was incredibly revealing. And um, we, we talk about, among other things, this moment where, you know, this catchphrase, let's hug it out, bitch, where it came from. Yeah. And um, it's just one of these moments where, um, you know, you lock into that character and, and I'm sitting there as Ari um, and they didn't yell cut. And I'm thinking, because I'm really trying to, in that moment, berate E because he has done the wrong thing with Vinny and he has terrible bedside manner and he's in over his head and blah, blah. So they don't yell cut. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, I know that Kevin Connolly, the actor, is very uncomfortable um, especially when you invade his space and touch him. So I thought as as Ari Gold, what if I ask him <laughs> if he would like to hug it out? out? 
you little bitch. Yeah. And then just bring him in for a squeeze and and have him be un- incredibly uncomfortable. And who knew that it, it would end up on T-shirts? We didn't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always wanted you to put that in your stand-up. you got to find a tag where you say, hug it out, bitch. I haven't found it yet. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's next. That could be, that could even be tonight. I don't know. So no, Connolly, that was a, that was the longest episode we had. It was, it was amazing. And we, we answer a lot of questions. And, um, and the thing about Kevin is he actually looks exactly like he did during the show. So it was almost like no time has passed. I look like someone tied me to the back of a truck and dragged, dragged me around town and they just found me on the street. I've kind of a little bit of a wandering homeless Jew vibe, but it's okay. No, but you definitely are super fucking slim. You have a new sort of regimen going on, a new diet per se. Uh, I was, I was playing, I was playing someone that needs to be, needs to be lean in this movie. And, um, uh, so I have to stay this way uh, until we do the reshoots, and then I will become a fat piece of shit. Nice. No. <laughs> Join me again. Join me again when I'm a bloated, horrible <laughs> shell of myself. No, I think um, I think you know I feel really healthy right now, and um, I this is the I haven't weighed this since I was in high school. I feel like that horrible dude that is always like, bro, I'm at the top of my game. <laughs> top of what game, you fucking hack? <laughs> top of my game. What game? You're not in any game. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I feel good right now. I'm just going to probably stay here and, you know. Anything you want to leave with your fans? Anything you want to say to the, the people who've been waiting for uh, the next show? Any parting uh, New Year words? You know, um, I had one of these uh, amazing New Year's where I was <laughs> alone healing. Um, and I, if I didn't heal, they wouldn't let me on a plane. So the stakes were really high. And like I was filming this movie and everyone left me. <laughs> Not to be too dramatic, but I'm alone in the mountains. And with this incredible healer who, you know, was this woman from Kazakhstan in her 70s. And um you know, we did some uh, amazing healing things, and you, there's just some some different uh, rituals that you do to kind of shed and release and let go of things that don't serve you anymore. And I just highly recommend that everyone does that because, you know, we're living in in incredibly this the, what feels like the strangest of times, you know, and we're very um, a lot of people are are. I would say don't give in to, that's going to sound very kumbaya-ish, but don't give in to your lowest vibration. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not alone and we're all confused and we're in this strange limbo and we don't know what's next, but that's okay for the love of God. But I just kind of wrote down a bunch of things that don't serve me anymore and you burn it and you do this mm-hmm. beautiful ritual um, and um, you even put it in your champagne glass and then drink it. So what I'm saying is I drank a lot of ashes and I think that um, I think it's working. Something's working, <laughs> but I'm also losing my mind. <laughs> How You Live in Jay Piven is a cast original podcast in association with Common Enemy. Producer is Kyle Tequila. Theme song by Common. To leave a message for Jeremy, go to speakpipe.com slash jpiven. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in J. Piven every Wednesday on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.